Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to Morning Glory, our midweek Bible study. Praise the Lord. Well, I, uh, once again, let me just say it's a great blessing to have multiple studios. We had a technical difficulty. Uh, basically, it's audio related with our normal Wednesday morning glory studio. So I just jumped over to the main sanctuary and uh, I'm able to greet you over here today during this midweek message. Let's take our Bibles and go to the book of Proverbs chapter 24. Today we're going to talk about reaching peak performance. This is somewhere that you can go. I'm not talking about being a pro athlete. I'm talking about somewhere that God wants you to go with your mental abilities that he has given to you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we jump into your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come right now and bring illumination to the scriptures and bring illumination into the ability that we have to reach peak performance. Father, we're reaching, we're reaching, and we thank you that you're reaching for us, pulling your people up to these creative levels of thinking and operating with very high levels of mental ability functioning. We give you all the praise. Thank you that your Holy Spirit is working right now in this way, in Jesus' name. And we all agree and say, Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let me begin by saying that learning, the element of learning, even in your respected career field, is designed by God to be a lifelong process. Those who have gained what we would call mastery or level of excellence in their field of specialty have realized that once they reach those high peaks, there are still new horizons that can be explored. But my friends, God wants to take you to those heights, and we're going to talk today about how to get there. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 5, a wise man is strong. Yes, a man of knowledge increases strength. Today, as we're talking about this subject of learning, so that we might increase in wisdom and knowledge, today I want you to see yourself as a student in God's classroom of wisdom, knowledge, and success. Praise the Lord. And I think it's important for all of us to understand as believers that whenever our quest for learning stops, then what is happening is that we are now on the place or on the path to becoming irrelevant. And my friends, as the church, as the salt and the light of the Lord within the earth, we must never lose our voice. So in order to do that, we must maintain our quest for learning. To be a learner is good, but God wants you to go higher. God wants you to not only to be a learner, but to be a peak learner. Visualize yourself at the top of the mountain, not at the bottom, but at the top as a peak learner. Woo! Praise God. Peak learners are always striving for new ideas, new information, new concepts, new ways of doing things better, more efficiently, uh, with more wisdom involved. And that's what we are moving towards. So we can say that peak learners have an objective. 
What is that objective? Well, it's actually peak learners want to reach peak performance of the mental abilities that God has given to them. Mm-mm. Today we're talking about reaching peak performance, and that's in the context of your mental abilities. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. To a peak performer, learning is not about, in a basic sense, like going back to school, sitting in a classroom, and listening to a teacher, although there could be a place for that. But a peak learner operating in peak performance, there's something even better. Hallelujah. And that would be what we could describe as the form of self-education. Because self-education originates from your inside. And when it's something that you're passionate about and something that you love, you don't have to be coerced to study and learn about it. You take such a delight in it that you're able to absorb information and learn materials. Why? Because you have a burning interest on the inside of you. So this is a, a great difference. This is what we would call self-educated learning. Now, don't get me wrong. There is a place for the classroom. There is a, a, a place for what we would call the former uh, formal F O R M A L formal field of education. But let's, let's think higher because as in the words of the eloquent speaker and successful businessman, Jim Ron, he said, a formal education will make you a living. A self education will make you a fortune. Woo! Glory to God. Let that get into your spirit today. Thank you, Jesus. We are in a place of continual learning and you are fueled with this love of learning by identifying the areas of special interest that pertain to your life and your calling and the plan that God has for you. Mm. Have you ever noticed that most people, I'm talking about those in the body of Christ and certainly those within the world itself, most people are only living to make a living. And we can notice that very few obtain what we would call excellence or mastery of their specialty. Why? That requires learning. And not just a one-time, well, I've learned it, and I have a certificate, I have a diploma that validates that I have some training in this area. But no, we're talking about ongoing training, ongoing learning until you reach a point. That whole subject starts to become who you are, and you realize this is what God has created me to be and what he has called me to do. Thank you, Jesus. So I want to read that quote one more time by Mr. Jim Ron. A formal education will make you a living. A self-education will make you a fortune. And he is certainly one that understood that as he became very, very wealthy through a system of self-education. And I think when we look at people like Bill Gates or we look at people like Steve Jobs, we see an inward passion to go in the direction of what they loved and what they pursued and what came out of them in many ways, having to teach themselves and get people around them where they could figure things out and find a way forward. What came out of that tremendous wealth. You think about the story of Steve jobs, the time that 
he called up uh, a friend of his who at the time was the, uh, the president or CEO of Pepsi Cola. And he said to him, hey, he said, how much longer are you going to spend with your life just selling the world sugar water? Why don't you come over here with me? Because Steve Jobs could see that this man was very talented. He said, why don't you come over here with me and help me change the world and make the world the better place? Woo! <laughs> so all of these products that Apple has created and that uh, we take pleasure out of, whether it's an iPhone, and I know many of you have maybe Android system, whatever, but still Apple has made their mark, and they are one of the very, very few trillion-dollar companies in the earth today. And uh, that took uh, just those pursuing a form of self-education, something that you can't get out of the formal method, although that, that's, there is a place for that. But you're going to discover, uh, discover that if you want to really go to the top, you will have to make a self-application in order to get there in the area of learning. Let's go to the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 11, and let's drop down to the latter part of verse 32. But the people who know their God, who know their God, shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Now, for every believer in the body of Christ, for every Christian who calls upon the name of the Lord and, and claims Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, your destiny includes exploits, strong accomplishments that bring great glory and honor to the Lord. That's baked into the plan that God has for your life. But in order to get there, you're going to have to know your God. That is an ongoing learning process of the beauty, the splendor, the majesty, the power, the ability of God to come on the scene to help you to do these things, these types of exploits. So you're going to have to invest in knowledge. And very importantly, you must stay current with knowledge. Woo, praise the Lord. It's nice to have a college degree. That is a distinction, uh, perhaps a master's degree or even a PhD. But your, your old college degree is good, but if you don't stay current, then it's just going to be a certificate that hangs on the wall, and you're going to have to operate in previous knowledge. Technology is moving so fast right now that uh, Apple, for example, has just come out with a new M1 chip that is so blazing fast in computers that uh, within five, five to seven years, even 10 years, the technologies we have right now will be vastly outdated. So we must stay current in our knowledge and not rest on past laurels but to continue to move forward. If we don't, we, we will be left behind, and we cannot let that happen. Glory to God. You know, I talked to my grandmother many years back when I was a young boy. Uh, this was probably in right around, I think, 1976, when me and my brothers were over at my grandmother's house one morning, and uh, we were sitting at the breakfast table. My parents weren't there. And so I was talking to my grandmother, and I, I don't know why I brought it up. I, I, you know, I liked astronauts and stuff like that when I went to school. 
you know, the teachers taught us about space. And, and of course, my dad was always a big science fan because uh, he had degrees that were uh, in the direction of science, uh, training in that area, career field in that area. And uh, well, one morning I just said while eating breakfast, I said, I said, Grandma, I said, isn't that amazing that man has been to the moon? And she stopped and kind of had a strange look on her face. And she, she said very seriously, she said, no, I don't want any foolish talk like that in this house. I said, Grandma, I said, I'm not trying to be foolish or silly. I said, man really has been to the moon. She said, now, I do not allow lies in this house. And I don't want you talking these silly, foolish lies. You boys need to be serious. And I want you all to get an education and grow up and do good in life. I said, Grandmother, I said, I said, men have been to the moon. Now, you have to understand the context. My grandparents lived uh, on my father's side in the backwoods of Mississippi. And there was no paved road. There was a gravel road, but the truth is there wasn't much gravel. It was just pretty much an old dirt road. And back in those days, there was no internet or anything like that. And uh, all they had was a little TV and all you could pick up on the TV would be what the little antenna could grab. No, no satellite, nothing like that. So in many ways, they never went in the town. And if they did go in the town, the town had a population, oh, probably of about 125. So, you know, they're two hours away from Jackson or something like that. So there's a lot of things they just missed out there growing, you know, cucumbers and growing watermelons and planting uh, corn and stuff like that. And, and really living off the land, the world was going on around them. And my grandmother never knew that man had made it to the moon. And so when I had told her that they had, finally, she got, she got a little bit frustrated and she said, and she pointed, she said, if it's not in those there books, I don't believe it. And uh, the books she was pointing to was a set of world book encyclopedias. Now, back in those days, what they would endeavor to do was put all of man's current knowledge into those books, and you could read the books and stay current. Well, it wasn't too long after that when grandma wasn't around in the house, she was out, I don't know, uh, hoeing or, you know, uh, you know, working in the garden or something. I went over there and looked at those uh, world books a lot closer and they, the whole, uh, you know, A through Z, all those books and that encyclopedia set were published and released in the year 1922. They'd been sitting there and she'd been reading those books and she's now 50 years behind what's going on. <laughs> learn, learn, learn. Oh, hallelujah. May the Lord help us to not only, uh, you know, kind of, maybe we could say be up to date to even be on the cutting edge. And the only the way that you can do that, especially the only way that you can lead is by being a learner and knowing all, knowing what's going on around you. Well, the good news is I think I did eventually convince my grandmother that it was true. <laughs> I think some other adults told her, and uh, uh, she figured it out. I remember another little funny note. My grandfather, one day when he was real old, I said, hey, Grandpa, I said, I, said, I want you to listen to this. And he, he was, this was just maybe like uh, two years before he passed away. And, you know, working out on a farm and, you know, uh, you know, working with mules and, uh, you know, butchering hogs and just kind of out in the backwoods, not really knowing what's going on. When my parents had given me a Sony Walkman for my birthday when I was, um, 
Uh, this was somewhere like in the, the mid-80s. You know, the Sony Walkman was the big thing. You could take your cassette tape, stick it in there, hit play, have some good earphones, and, you know, you're, you have your, your, your music. Well, I gave that to him. I said, now, Grandpa, put these over your ears. Okay, these are the headphones. And I put some really nice music in there. And I said, now, push this button. He pushed the button, and he stopped, and he's, he's mentally analyzing what he's hearing and he walked off with my Sony Walkman and never gave it back for like, I don't know, maybe three or four days. He finally, <laughs> I think my dad said, hey, you need to give it back to Stephen. <laughs> he was blown away. He had never heard music in stereo ever before. And he was just like, what have I been missing out on? My friends, the Lord wants us to be lifetime learners. Hallelujah. And so... Uh, only peak learners reach peak performance. Current knowledge does require a great deal of investment. And uh, we're not going to accomplish things by being, how can I say, being careless with what God has called us to do. So we don't want to ever approach any type of venture or kingdom project on common knowledge. Why? Common knowledge produces, I mean, somebody might say, well, that's good, Pastor Stephen, with common knowledge, that's going to produce common sense, and common sense is good. Yes, but the problem is, is that common sense only uh, is going to give you common results. That's all you can squeeze out of it. So here's what we need to do. If we want uncommon results, then we need to have uncommon sense, and that comes to the peak performing learner because you're going to be at the top because you're learning continually and you're going to know what's going on and what it is you should do. Now, I received an email. I've been getting these emails consistently from people and it's, it's fascinating what the Lord is doing uh, as they study my book, Supernatural Fragrance. This, by the way, is my latest book. And I dedicated this book to a very godly prophet, uh, his name, Padre Pio, known to millions and millions around the world as a mighty prophet of God within the Catholic Church. And I talked about Padre Pio in my book, taught a little bit about him and how wherever he went, a supernatural fragrance of violets would come off of him. Now, he never wore men's cologne or perfume or anything like that ever. And uh, despite that, there was a supernatural fragrance that people, when they would get around him, they would smell it. And not only that, but people from in, in other countries that would read about him or hear about him and the miracles that God was doing through his ministry, they could be in another part of Italy or another part of Europe or even in America. And when they would pray or ask God for help, suddenly they would start smelling violets. And I would talk about these types of things in my book. And I got another email today. Pastor Stephen, I was studying your book. I've never heard of Padre Peel before, but yet you're teaching about him in your book. And uh, like one lady down in Texas today said, well, while I was uh, there reading your book about Padre Peel, suddenly I start smelling violets. And no, she doesn't. It's not like she's got violet flowers in her house or some kind of violet perfume she's spraying. It's just another supernatural manifestation that when people start learning 
and you're coming into a subject material that you now have knowledge of, now you can begin to engage into that. Why? You're a learner. You're a learner. What will it do? If you really examine, really learn, it'll start taking you to the peak, to the top, in whatever area that the Holy Spirit is pinpointing you to go. And you need, I'm telling you, in these last days, you need to know about the things of the Spirit. Well, now, Pastor Stephen, how did that happen where you write about something like that and people are smelling violets when they read about Padre Pio, and then in these other areas, they're studying these other areas, they start smelling things with that too. Well, let me give you a little bit of an example. In, in my book, Supernatural Fragrance, I do talk about Padre Pio, but I also talk about other saints, and I talk about other subjects. I even get into the, the uh, subject towards the end of the book about eschatology, end-time events, what must take place in Israel before the end of the age comes. But, for example, just on the subject of Padre Pio, I studied and learned and learned about his life, so that I could accurately put that into the book, and those, those materials could now bless others that read it. Well, Pastor Stephen, that knowledge, that information, did you just get it by some form of osmosis? Did it just come through the air and come into you? No, I had to learn. And for me, that meant doing a lot of reading and a lot of study. Just that little section that I wrote about from Padre Pio, that little section was condensed, and this is where it came from. You see all of these books? <laughs> this is where it came from. I read all of these and have studied these for years to take this material and put some of it in a very condensed manner into my book, and when people read my book, what happened in his life now starts touching people even through the book that I wrote. Here's one of the books. Padre Pio, The True Story, this book alone, over 400 pages. I've read all of these, every single page. Some of these, even including this one, I've read twice. And uh, other parts of it, I've read, I've read even more, more times than that. Here's another book, Padre Pio, A Personal Portrait. Padre Pio, Man of Hope, Praise the Lord. Pastor Stephen, where'd you get that information from? From reading, from studying, from going to the National Shrine that uh, has been established for him by the Catholics in Pennsylvania. Prophet of the people, Padre Pio. Padre Pio under investigation. The authorities within the Catholic Church greatly investigate and investigated him. And anytime there is anything valid, they want to investigate it. They will investigate every miracle, especially since he had... Uh, the stigmata in his hands, in his feet, in his side, and at times uh, on his forehead. Uh, they're, they're always going to investigate that. Anytime they have a public figure such as him, they're going to investigate everything. And that book talks all about it because he passed every test with flying color, even against his most severe critics. Uh, they found there's no trickery. There's nothing fraudulent. This this is a man of God. The gift is authentic. And uh, other books. This one's beautiful. Padre Pio's Spiritual Direction, Every Day. Secrets of a Soul. That one's really good about his life. Let me tell you one more. This is a bonus for watching today's program, okay? I know many of you like angels. I wrote a book on angels. That book has gone around the world. 
and it is a resource that many pull from when they want to study that subject. And so uh, I have been influenced by others who have experiences in these realms. Here's a book about the life of Padre Pio. Uh, it's written by Father Alessio Parente. He's a Franciscan friar, and he was a right-hand associate of Padre Pio. This book is Send Me Your Guardian Angel. And if let me just say this. If you think you know everything there is to know about angels, you read this book, and just a few pages in, you'll be like, I'm learning some new stuff. Because Padre Pio's relationship with the angels was something very, very special. Pastor Stephen, I'd, I'd like to know more. Okay, learn, learn, read, read, learn, learn, read, read. How did I come into supernatural experience of, of visions and things like that? Learning, learning, reading, reading, hearing, hearing. <laughs> and then it began, eventually started taking place in my life as well. While we're on that, let me show you something else I, I thought was interesting. I saw this book on my uh, library shelf today. Um, years back, I had a, a lady. She really loved Jesus, and she wasn't a preacher. She wasn't, you know, a pastor or anything like that, but she, she was the head lady at a, at a major library, huge library in a big city, uh, over a million people there in Southern California. And uh, somehow she began to follow my ministry, and uh, she enjoyed my teaching and preaching. And she said, she, the first thing she said, she said, Stephen, you need to know about Padre Pio. I said, I, I've never heard the name before. She said, he's real popular in Europe. He's known all over the world, but you need to know about his prophetic ministry. And so she gave me a book on his life. And then she said, she said you, need, you need to know more about the prophetic. And I said, okay. And so she gave me a book, Prophets. And Personal Prophecy by Dr. Bill Hammond, hardback cover. By the way, this version is also available in a hardback cover, Supernatural Fragrance. Why? If you want your book, uh, for all of you authors, you need to know this, if you want your book ever to be in a public library, it's got to be in a hardback version. You got to get, you got to get beyond paperback. Paperback is great, but in the U S libraries, they want hardback. Okay. So I have that too. Anyhow, she hands me this book on Bill Hammond. She says, read this. I said, okay. After two weeks, I read it. And I, I said, okay, here, I, I finished the book. It was really good. She said, no, keep it. I said, but it's a library book. She said, I know I run the whole library. I could order any book in the world I want. I'll just order some more. So I kept it you're probably, if you see that, you're probably thinking, oh, Pastor Stephen, that looks like a library book. It is. <laughs> I tried, I tried to return it. She said, keep it. Look, here's the due date. <laughs> it's never been stamped for return. Look at that. Maybe I should cover up the, uh, <laughs> the name of the library right there. But anyhow, that book opens something up. Why? Learning, learning more about the prophetic, learning more about the prophet's office, learning, learning, learning. Now, if she'd have told me, or if somebody would have told me 20 years ago, it's been over 20 years when those books were put in my hand, Stephen, one day you'll write a book and uh, you'll have connections with the Catholics and you'll have even uh, impartation that will flow down that line as a spiritual son of Padre Pio. He has many spiritual sons and daughters around the world, but something's going to touch you too in a special way. I'd have thought, oh my goodness, how, how could something like that be? But yet this book, uh, Supernatural Fragrance is circulating all over 
the world. They have even asked me to come to the Vatican to minister. And so we're just waiting for the right, right time because COVID, you know, threw a lot of that stuff off. But at the right time, I'll come. And I believe the Holy Spirit will touch a lot of people. And I believe a lot of people will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. But this book also, if I'd have been told, you know, when this was put in my hands over 20-something years ago, oh, somebody would have said, oh, one day you'll get to meet uh, Bishop Hammond. He'll, he'll prophesy over you and lay hands on you, and he'll impart the gift of working of miracles into you. I'd have thought, well, you know, well how? how? How in the world? Yet, all of that has come to pass as well. Praise the Lord. So, my friends, a lot of this revolves around your desire to learn because you're learning is what can take you into peak performance, but you're going to have to be a peak learner that will carry you to the top where you're now operating in peak performance in what God has assigned you to do. Woo. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. You know, the, the difference between a wise man and a foolish man is that the foolish man, you, uh, he's really, if you look at it closely, he's unteachable. What does that mean? He just refuses to learn. But a wise person, you can teach them. You can instruct them. Wisdom, always, every single time, will have instructions rolled into it. And if you can follow instructions really well, you are walking on the path of wisdom. Praise God. So what we need to do is we need to learn from those at the top so that we can begin to move towards the top and operate in peak performance as well. Uh, tomorrow, I'm actually, my wife and I are meeting with city officials because we're going to be back out at the airport again looking at that remaining lot because we're endeavoring to build a, a ministry hangar, and the hangar will be brand new, so we have to go out there tomorrow. But even today, um, I received a fantastic text message because whenever you're going into a new venture or something, you're, <coughs> excuse me, you're going to have to learn. And so many of these things I've already read about. Many of these things I've already uh, have uh, done deep study and a deep review concerning uh, the appropriate type of aircraft, uh, the appropriate hangar and the appropriate size and so forth. But even still, uh, the Lord, when he knows where you're going and he's got that trajectory planned for you, he will overlap specialist into your life that can help accelerate your learning. And the Lord put a wonderful Christian brother in the wife of my, uh, excuse me, in the life of my wife and I uh, concerning the establishing and the build out of the aviation branch of our ministry. Because you have to do everything per code. The government has all kinds of rules and regulations. You can't just go out and throw something up uh, because if it's not right, uh, uh, then there's all kinds of fines and penalties. And I received a text uh, from my friend today. One of the experts, one of the leading experts, not only in this nation on aviation rules and aviation red tape and bylaws, but one of the, one of the actually uh, top minds in the earth in this area, knowing all the rules and knowing all what the book says and so forth. And he sent me a text, and it was really good news. He uh, basically was sharing with me that, a long-standing rule that the FAA, Federal Aviation Authority, has had in place is that if you're building a certain hangar, like if it's a Class II type hangar, you have to have a, a fire extinguishing system built into your hangar uh, that releases foam. 
But you know what they found out over the years that whenever uh, those there was like a fire or unfortunately, if there was a false alarm and the fire system released all that foam, it just damages the jets on the engine, uh, causes severe damage to the airplanes. So you put the fire out, but now you've ruined the engines. Now you have a $2 million engine problem. Or if there even is no fire and there's an electrical uh, you know, wrong wire. And it says there's a fire when there's none, it still drops all the foam. And now you have all kinds of problems associated with the chemicals in the foam and the harm it does to the plane and so forth. Guess what? He told me the government said, you don't have to have that anymore. And that in, in those size hangers sometimes can be 30 to 40% of the cost that you've got to bake into that overall price. Don't have to do it anymore. Now who would know something like that? How can you learn something like that? You have to have some type of access to those that are already at the top of that field. And thank God that the Lord has blessed us with these types of friendships that allow the ministry, not only to function, but the function in the wisest way possible. And that is, that comes through learning, learning, learning. Yes, we learn this, but we can also learn how do they do it at the very highest levels. And God helps us in those areas so that we get it all right. The first time praise the Lord. You really can make any venture, whether it's small or large, you can make any venture outstanding, but it depends a lot on the depth of your knowledge. So that knowledge is going to come through the process of learning. Let me say this. This is very important. If you are not building a library of knowledge, you're going to get intellectually stranded. You're going to get left behind. You'll, you'll be standing there wondering what's going on. What's going on is there's something that you don't know that you need to know. And if you are up to date with learning and grabbing the knowledge and information from the resources that are available, you'll never get stranded. But my friends, you're going to have to know. Uh, so if you're not building a library of knowledge, you're going to get intellectually stranded. I have various books on my shelves in my, in my office and at my home, the books that are on my shelves, they are not there for decoration. Oh, Pastor Stephen, that looks nice. You have, you have the, all those books and all the, some of them look shiny and it, it looks, it looks so nice. Well, those books are not there for decoration. They're there for consumption. <laughs> all right. We're there to consume them. That's what I am uh, doing with those, with those books. Praise God. And my friends, you're going to have to gain that knowledge that you need through uh, peak learning so that you have peak performance. I'm sure there's probably some individuals today that you're watching me and perhaps you're in the category where you're single, but you want to get married. You're, you're, you want to get married. It's in your heart and that's a good thing. God's put that there. But let me ask you this. How many books have you read on the subject of marriage? I'm talking about biblical books, not those out there in the secular world. I'm talking about good books that are written by specialists in that field that will help you be prepared for that. How many books have you read? Well, Pastor Stephen, I haven't read any. I just figured we'd uh, figure it out as we go. Well, you're walking into a, a, a situation that you may have a romanticized mindset concerning, and romance can certainly give you a romanticized mindset, 
But you know what? You know, you get a little bit into it, even to get the next day into it. Ladies, you'll realize when you wake up in the morning with him, with your spouse, he's got bad breath. Oh, I, I didn't know that happened. Yep. Happens to anybody, everybody. You, you, you're going to have to be prepared so that this house of marriage is built to last. And you do that by going in with the right mindset. You, you do that by going in with knowledge. And the only way you get it is by learning. And, and one of the best ways to do that, of course, is through reading books. Second Timothy chapter four. And of course the books they, that, that can be books that are on, you know, your, your smartphone or your, your tablet for me. I think one of the greatest creations ever in the history of the world is the iPad because with my iPad, I'm carrying around the equivalent of hundreds of pounds of books. How many of you know books are heavy? <laughs> They're real heavy. And you know, we, we do a lot with books around here because uh, I have various books that I've written, but a lot of people don't realize if you have a box of books and then they're stacked as a pallet of books before you know it, you're in the thousands of pounds. So books are heavy. That is the miracle of tablets, particularly for me uh, with an iPad that I can take a book and it's in digital format. And, uh, you know, the iPad weighs like a pound, but I've got all of these books that I can continually read and consume for my learning. Praise the Lord. Now, again, second Timothy chapter four, look at verse 13. These are Paul's instructions. Bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas when you come and the books, especially the parchments. What are the parchments? The parchments are the notes, the notes, all, all of these notes that Paul has, uh, Paul having been taught by Gamaliel, the leading rabbi of his age with all of that teaching, all of that learning that Paul has acquired. He still wants his books. He still wants his notes. And if you're the same way, say, I do too. I want my books. I want my notes a vast resource so that I'm continually learning in my career field area, in my specialized area so that I can be a peak performer. Woo. And only, only peak learners become peak performers. Praise God. And it's never ever too old. The famed missionary evangelist TL Osborne said, when you quit learning, you die. Okay, so you need to keep your mind active. You need to keep your brain sharp. You need to be continually learning. As a matter of fact, uh, Dr. T.L. Osborne, he decided in the latter part of his life uh, to take the swimming pool that was out in his backyard, take the swimming pool. He had, it, he had all the water drained. He had the pool completely filled in. Then he had it leveled and he built a new addition to his house. And that new addition that he built was solely a library. And then he, so he, what he could do then was walk directly from his master bedroom right over into his new library with all of these books, all spirit filled rock solid material books and the new books that other ministers are putting out as well as all of his archived messages, all organized very, very neatly. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. Also, Dr. T.L. Osborne, when he is 75 years old, learned 
how to speak French. And he even could preach fluently in French once he had concluded that phase of learning that gave him the basics. And then he just kept mastering it and he could even uh, preach in French at the age of 79. He learned Spanish and he was able at the age of 79 to preach complete messages and read and preach in Spanish fluently. Woo. Praise God. Praise God. My friends, you don't have time to be lazy, just walking around aimlessly like you have no purpose in life. No. If you ever find yourself with nothing to do, start learning, start learning, learning so that you can rise to the top with what God has called you to do. You know, uh, I've told this story before, but one day when I was in Southern California, I was doing some recordings. I was also going to go minister at a church, but I received uh, uh, a contact from a friend and he said, he said, brother Stephen, he said, we've known each other for years. He said, I know a man that uh, his wife has a back problem and we understand that you have an anointing from the Lord in the area of praying for those very with a special anointing in the areas of backs, scoliosis or whatever it might be. I said, yes, God's given me that, that gift by his grace. And so my friend said, will you come with me and meet me over at brother so-and-so's house? I said, okay, let's go. So we went, uh, this man's house that we went to, his name is Paul and Paul uh, is in his nineties today. Paul, when I went to his house, I think he was about 92. This has only been maybe, maybe two years. Well, uh, when I went to his house, I knew, uh, I knew that he was a very wealthy person. So my friend Ron said, uh, Stephen, when we get there, Paul's, he's very wealthy. He's been a big supporter of this particular ministry for many, many years. And, um, and, and, and this one ministry organization, William Branham, uh, would always speak in, uh, back in the heyday, they had some of the greatest speakers come. Well, we went over to Paul's house. And uh, I prayed for his wife, and the Lord uh, did some special things there. And actually, Paul said something very sweet to me. He said, he said, Stephen, he said, you remind me of William Branham. I thought, wow, that, that's, a, that's a great thing. That's a great person to be, be reminded of because, uh, well, Paul knew William Branham from uh, decades earlier. Praise God. And had been in his meetings and so forth. But uh, after the time of ministry and prayer for his wife, Paul said, I'd like to show you around my house. And so uh, his house was there in Newport Beach, California. Um, very, very wealthy house, beautiful home, probably worth about, oh, 27 to $30 million. And although, you know, you can go on the Internet and find homes around the world that would cost more money. This one, though, was probably one of the most beautiful homes I've ever seen. Uh, it wasn't its size. It was just the beauty of it. It was like an Italian design and it had this phenomenal garden and of course overlooks the Pacific ocean and uh, the granite, very beautiful, exotic granite everywhere. And the home was so solid. So he shows me the living room and all the tapestries and all of the granite that had been imported from Italy and uh, told me about the designer that they hired and all the money they paid the designer and the money for the architect plus the money to build it and so forth. And showed me the uh, basement. We went in the elevator and went down to the basement where the parking garage was at. And there was his Rolls Royce. There was his wife's Bentley. 
there was parked over here his Mercedes Maybach, which is the Mercedes limousine type version that they have called the Maybach. And over here was another vehicle that was valued at over half a million dollars. And it was beauty and wealth all over the place. And he was a godly man. He was one of the top real estate developers in Orange County, California. By the way, the reason it's called Orange County is because back decades ago, all of that open land, a lot of it used to be orange groves. But <laughs> with the climate and the growth of, of L.A. and that extending out in the Orange County, it just all that land became like a gold mine. And he was one of the men that sold that real estate, developed uh, that real estate, and he became very, very wealthy. But after having a beautiful tour of the home and seeing, you know, beautiful columns and marble and granite and all of this, he took me to his favorite room, his most valuable room in the entire home. Pastor Stephen, what was that? The beautiful swimming pool? No, no, we already saw that. Well, Pastor Stephen, was the view? Was it the view room over the ocean? No, it wasn't that. He took me into a room that was quite simply what we would call the library. And he said, Stephen, these books that I have here in my library are where I gained the knowledge through learning and reading these books that others wrote about real estate, about land development, about buying and selling commercial properties. This is where I attained the knowledge and God blessed my business and through learning, diligent learning, and also he was a tremendous giver. He said, this is why all of this is here today. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 24, verse 2. Through wisdom, a house is built, and by understanding, it is established. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. My friends, you may not have a multi-million home overlooking the ocean. That might not even really be your thing, Italian architecture. Although for some, that might be ringing a bell for you. But let me say this, the way to the top, the way to peak performance goes through the element of becoming a peak learner, not just a classroom learner. Okay. I'm talking about a peak learner. And those are the ones that are, they're not being told to learn. They are, they are being driven by the inward radar of destiny and calling, and they are devouring material, whether it's uh, through a person who has knowledge and the ability to ask questions and ascertain wisdom from that person or reading books because you might not be able to get to that person. The Lord may not put a certain individual in his life. That's okay. You get the book. You get the book. Now you have uh, access to a resource of what he learned that he has now put in print form and you can just read the book and you can get it just like that. And I have had impartations through the reading of books. Praise the Lord. Glory, glory to God. Hallelujah. So my friends, it's never too late to learn, have your own library and gain the wisdom that you need through diligent study. There are, there are men and women 
in my area, just as there are in all parts of the world. There are men and women in my area who many of them would even be Christians who love God, but yet, but yet, you know, they would have all these problems and you would ask them, if you were to ask them, do you have a book on that subject that can help you out? Oh no, I'm not much of a reader. Pastor Stephen, I don't read very much. I don't, I don't actually have any books. I do have a few hunting and fishing magazines. Well, you're not going to, you're not going to get what you need for peak performance, you know, out of that fishing magazine, unless God's called you to the, to the print industry to be a magazine producer or something like that. Okay. But you're going to have to invest in learning and get the things that you need, get the things that you need. And this, my friends is constant. This will never end until you leave this planet. So it's not like we're looking at a, a set graduation date. We do that with, with a high school. We do that with college and things like that. That's, that's necessary. That's good. But those types of formal trainings are actually really the, the main purpose is for that to equip you so that you can merge higher, higher into peak learning. Praise God. Glory. It gives you a knowledge base, but you're going to have to go into peak learning if you want to get to the top of the mountain. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Do not be afraid to spend $12 on a book. My friends, we spend, we spend $12 on a, on a meal sometimes. I mean, you, you can hardly get out of McDonald's now with a combo meal for uh, without, you know, like $10, $8 or $10. You're almost there at the price of a book. Praise God. <laughs> so be willing to invest in the learning that you need that starts moving you upward. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray for those that are watching today that really do want to get to the top. Maybe there's some they just haven't known how, but Father, they want to go there. So Father, they're going to need resources they're going to need the right voice. They're going to need the right information. I pray, Father God, that you begin to bring that into their lives. Bring the book across their path that begins to unlock destiny for them. Bring the information uh, as a flow into their lives to feed them so that the climb will continually be vertical. Now, Father, we give you praise and glory that your angels are moving right now. There are divine connections being made right now. Father, that anything that that person would need as a resource material to know what to do in the place where they're at right now, that the answer will come. Now, we give you the praise in advance. And we thank you, Father, for the joy of being lifetime learners. We give you praise, Father God. We thank you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Praise God. You know, the Lord has blessed my mother. Uh, she's, she'll be 80 in just a few more days, but her mind is so sharp, just as sharp as when she was 20. But you know what? She does these very complex puzzles. And uh, these are the puzzles that have multiple pieces. Not, not like 25 or 50, but you know, like 500. That's, she likes doing the ones right around 500, but it's not like you can get the the pieces out of the box and just, and, and, and do the traditional way. Like, okay, let's do the border first because these puzzles have no border. They're all kinds of different shapes, 
with very complex merging colors. And you look at that and you're like, oh, this is going to be really hard. Well, it's technically challenging for her mind, but she loves doing it. And she knocks out the most complicated puzzles. But, you know, that helps her mind. She's continually learning. She walks to the library on a regular basis, gets new books, reads those, and uh, enjoys the, uh, the joy of learning. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's, it's never too late to continue to learn something new or to expand upon the current knowledge that you have. Praise God. If you're watching today's program and you're saying, Pastor Stephen, I'm enjoying this subject of learning. I'm glad you are. And I want you to know that the greatest person that you could learn about is God himself. You know, they have just put up the new satellite in space. And uh, this new uh, satellite uh, that is a, has the uh, ability to gather images is supposed to far outdo what the Hubble has done. But I can already tell you what this new uh, telescopic device is going to see. It's, it's just going to see further of more of the same amazing, mind-boggling things. Because NASA and these other scientists are going to learn that the universe is a lot bigger than they have ever imagined. And they're going to make new discoveries as well. This will just keep going on and on and on. Praise the Lord. But if you don't know Jesus, you can know him right now as your Lord and Savior. I would like for you to pray this prayer after me. And this way you can get your life right with God and get on track of learning about the Lord, learning about what belongs to you. And it begins right now. Pray this prayer from your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner, but you died to save sinners on the cross. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Come into my heart. Wash my sins away. I give my life completely to you. Write my name in your book of life. And Jesus, step into my life. And lead me and guide me and instruct me from this day forward. In your name I pray. Amen and amen. Welcome to the family of God. Praise the Lord. Well, my friends, we have learned in God's Word that we are to take communion. So let's do that now. Let's grab some grape juice and some unleavened bread. Praise God. Unleavened means that it's not risen. That's why it is, of course, so flat, uh, flat. We've learned in Scripture that leaven is a representation of sin. So that's why we use unleavened bread. Now, if you don't have any unleavened bread at this time, grab what you have. Maybe a Triscuit. Maybe it's a Cheez-It. But you've got to start somewhere. Praise God. Amen. You might not even have any grape juice. Well, grab something out of the fridge and pour it in there. Let's get ready to take Holy Communion. You can get your grape juice between now and the next message. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the bread, the juice. We bless it. We sanctify it. That is, we set it apart as being holy through this prayer. In the name of Jesus, we thank you now, Father, for the flesh and the blood of Christ. Father, as we, as believers in Yeshua, Jesus our Savior, as we receive his flesh, we just thank you, O oh God, that we are peak learners, 
And we thank, we thank you that this is taking us with the mental ability to be peak performers and operate in the potential of the mind of Christ that we have. We celebrate, Father, the flesh of our Lord. In His name we pray. Amen. Let's receive the Lord's body. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I think somebody is getting excited. You might even want to designate one of your rooms in your house as your library. Hallelujah. Put all your books in there and put a nice comfortable chair in there. Who knows? Maybe even put a coffee machine in there. Ooh. Hallelujah. Mm -mm. Praise God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the precious blood of Jesus. And Father, we ask that the blood of Jesus be applied to our lives, through our brains, through our minds, through every cell of our brains and body. Let the blood of Jesus penetrate. We thank you, Father God. We give you praise also that the blood protects from all of the various viruses and contaminating things that are out there in the earth today. We thank you for divine immunity through the blood covenant of Christ's shed blood. And Father, we receive it now. In Jesus' great name we pray. Amen. Let's receive. Hallelujah. We are constantly learning about the blood of Jesus. Its power, its efficacy. We are constantly learning about the showbread, the bread of life. His body. We're constantly learning about faith. We're constantly learning about agape love, the selfless giving of oneself type love. We're constantly learning about the heavenly realm, the glory realm, angels, the supernatural, and everything that has been included for us in Christ's redemption package. Praise the Lord. And on top of that, we have our careers, we have our families, we have marriage, we have other things that we continue to take an interest in and study and learn. Praise the Lord. Because you are a learner and you're willing to pay this price tag, I see you being distinguished by having answers when others simply don't know what you know. You have the ability to do it. You have the answers. And thus, you will stand qualified and you will stand distinguished because you'll see that your peak learning really will pay off, sometimes in the most unusual ways. You know, in the natural formal setting of learning, there are designated test days and exam days. But in the real world of peak performance, your exam, your test can come anytime. Life could throw something at your company or at your business or at the ministry or whatever you're involved in at any time. But when you're a peak, when you've been practicing as a lifestyle peak learning, you'll see you're able to operate in peak performance and there always will be a response that's generated out of what you have put in. Glory, glory, glory to God. 
Praise the Lord. Father, we just thank you that the end time church is, is a church that will demonstrate exploits, mighty works. And we thank you, Father God. It comes through knowing you, knowing you. So, Father, we thank you. We want to know you. We thank you that you are revealing yourself to us and you're showing us how to be learners that go to the top. We thank you, Father God. This is the church's hour for exploits. Let your people this year accomplish jaw-dropping, amazing, even miraculous exploits that bring you great glory. We thank you, Father God. We give you praise. We give you praise. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. I'll see you at the top because I know I'm talking to a peak performer. God bless you. Bye-bye.